a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. It is Constitution Day, and as we look at those 4,454 words, I think is the exact count there, not counting the Bill of Rights, uh, it's important for us to look at what that all set up and what it actually means to all of us. And I want to go to something that was really fascinating yesterday. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, uh, who almost never speaks at all, even from the bench, uh, spoke at Notre Dame's law school yesterday. Uh, The speech is getting a lot of headlines and a lot of praise for warning people not to politicize the judiciary. Uh, Because as, as he put it, it is becoming, surprisingly, the most dangerous branch of government. Now, normally when we think of dangerous branch, we think, well, the executive branch, because if the president assumes all power, that's incredibly dangerous. Or if the legislative branch just starts writing laws uh, like crazy and and becoming too uh, intrusive into our lives, that's dangerous. And now here you have a member of the court saying, yeah, I'm a little worried about how dangerous the judiciary branch is becoming because we're politicizing it. Uh, but I want to get into the speech because he he drew a very interesting string from the Declaration of Independence through the Constitution to his life growing up in the segregated South. I'm a product of the state of Georgia, the Georgia of the 1950s and 60s. The world where I grew up was quite different from the world of today. In the race-based, a race-obsessed world of today, one would think that, or could think, uh, that I'm talking about or referring solely to race. But alas, I'm not. I mean much more than that. In those days of the 1950s, there was, of course, quotidian and pervasive segregation and race-based laws which were repulsive and at odds with the principles of our country. It was a world of the solid South when the Democrats were routinely referred to as Dixiecrats. But despite that, there was a deep and abiding love for our country and a firm desire to have the rights and responsibilities of full citizenship, regardless how society treated us. There was never any doubt that we were equally entitled to claim the promise of America as our birthright and equally duty-bound to honor and defend her to the best of our ability. We held these ideals first and foremost because we were raised to know that, as children of God, we were inherently equal and equally responsible for our actions. So important, Justice Thomas uh, talking about growing up in that segregated South and that they still believed that even though they were not being treated as such, that they had the same claim and the same standing uh, that was outlined in the Declaration of Independence, confirmed in the Constitution, 
that all were created equal, that all were children of a just God, uh, and that all were duty-bound uh, to do what they could for the country and for their community. Justice Thomas then went on uh, to talk about the problem of politicizing the judiciary and why it might well become the most dangerous branch of government. One of the difficulties that you all are going to have to deal with is judges going beyond what Article 3 requires and staying within the limitations on judges. There's always a temptation, I think, to go beyond. Uh, We see it with the development of substantive due process. Justice Scalia railed about it. Um, And I think that when we do that and we begin to venture into uh, political, uh, uh, the legislative or executive branch lanes and resolving things that are better left to those branches where people actually have some input and some uh, uh, opportunity to participate in the elective electoral processes to who those leaders are. Those of us, particularly in the federal judiciary with lifetime appointments, are asking for trouble. Uh, I think a lot of the pressure that on, on the nomination and selection process is because of that. I think the court was was thought to be the least dangerous branch, and we may have uh, become the most dangerous. And I think that's problematic, and hence uh, the craziness during my confirmation was one of the results of that. Uh, it was uh, it was absolutely about abortion. Uh, a matter I had not thought deeply about at the time. But I think it, a lot of it's our own doing, and I think the threats are you. we have lost the capacity, even, I think, as, as leaders, to not allow others to manipulate our um, institutions when we don't get the outcomes that we like. We cannot manipulate the institutions just because we don't get the outcomes that we like. Process matters. Finally, and quickly to Justice Thomas, uh, about how he often ended up at the same point as Justin, uh, Justice Antonin Scalia, even though their approach, their backgrounds were vastly different. From time to time, Justice Scalia and I talked about how similar we were, yet so different. We tended to independently arrive at the same conclusion in so many cases, yet He was from an educated family in the urban Northeast, while I was from an uneducated family from the Deep South. Of course, the condescending media elites accused me of being his flunky, which bothered him much more than it bothered me. Unlike him, I was used to bigotry, paternalism, and condescension. After Justice Scalia died, I mentioned our conversation to one of his sons, Father Paul Scalia. He immediately attributed our shared judicial approach to our formation. We were both Catholics, attended parochial schools, and despite the geographic separation, benefited from a common culture. So it's that common culture that actually connected them. Uh, it wasn't that they came from the same places. They were north and south. They were uh, of different race. and But it was family. It was community. It was this idea that the things that bind us together uh, are so many important institutions 
in our communities. And yes, including institutions of government. And they have a role to play, those institutions. And as Justice Thomas said earlier, just because those institutions don't deliver to us the outcomes that we want does not mean we should start trying to change them. Uh, he was referencing, of course, uh, a lot of the rumblings uh, from the, the political left about increasing the number of justices on the court and changing that dynamic uh, from what it has been. And that's a that's an important message, I think, that he was sending there. I think he was also sending important messages uh, about making sure that justices at every level of the judicial branch are staying in their lane, that they're not playing politics, that they're not writing or rewriting policy, uh, but that they're doing their job to interpret the law and apply the law. And it's an important thing, especially on a day like today, as we look back uh, to 1787 and the establishment of the Constitution, probably the most important legal document in the history of the world, one that has governed our constitutional republic in a very powerful way. We have lots of flaws and lots of things to fix, but we can do it if we stick to the principles. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today on KSL News Radio. And as always, as you go out into the world, see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.